Life Strength and Health Podcast, Episode 53. Eating a bowl of cornflakes in the morning is not self-love. Welcome, everyone. This is Life Strength and Health Podcast with Jamal and Kim, where each and every week we educate, empower, and inspire you to live healthier. So let's dive into the show. Hi, Kim and Jamal here, and welcome to another episode of Life, Strength, and Health Podcast. I'm Kim, and I'm joined with Jamal. Greetings, everyone. And uh, Peace and blessings. Yes, and this is episode number 53, featuring Dr. Aris Latam. And uh, this was such a powerful, powerful interview. Uh, there was so many great things. Actually, we had to chop down this episode. It would have been like an hour and a half long. Yeah. Uh, but we like to keep it short and condensed just based on feedback from you, the listener, um, in regards to being able to consume the content right. um, in an efficient manner. So, um, but Well, well Aris, he's... He's, you know, 70 years old. Right. He's been, you know, living a, a natural lifestyle for like 50 years. And uh, you can't contain, you know, 50 years of wisdom and knowledge into 30 minutes. So, no, you, you can't. Know, you just can't. You, you just know? have to so, let him like say what he yeah, got to say. <laughs> we, we did our best to uh, try to, you know, bring it down. But this was the best we could do. So this show is going to run a little bit longer, but it's definitely worth it. Also, um, he was all the way in uh, Panama. Right. So um, we had a, a bad connection. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, the the um, call was going in and out. And when it would go out, there was a serious delay. So uh, this won't necessarily be as as engaging between us as right. other Not episodes. Yeah, because of the delay, but still powerful uh, information that you want to check out. Definitely. And uh, before we dive into the show, we're going to do our segment, Organic Food for Thought. And this segment, we're going to be talking about omega-3s. Omega-3 ranks among the most important essential nutrient out there today. In 2008, the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition published three studies investigating the role of EPA and DHA omega-3 fatty acids in elderly populations. Low concentrations of EPA and DHA resulted in an increased risk of death from all causes, as well as accelerated cognitive decline. The studies are also suggest that a higher intake of omega-3s may bring certain health benefits that short-term supplementation cannot give. There is some other evidence of omega-3 benefits, such as um, it benefits your heart health, omega-3 normalizes and regulates your cholesterol triglyceride levels. Also, omega-3 um, has an effect on DHA in our children's learning and behavior. Another benefits of uh, having uh, proper omega-3s in your diet or in your body has been that it's found to save the lives of children going through short bowel syndrome, which is basically when the bowel does not fully develop. Omega-3 benefits cover many areas of our health from mental and behavioral health to preventing premature death from disease, including coronary heart disease and stroke, ADHD, Crohn's disease, essential fatty acid deficiency in infancy, autoimmune disorders such as lupus, uh, cancers of the breast, colon, and prostate, general brain function including memory and Parkinson's disease, osteoporosis, and rheumatoid arthritis. 
Yeah, you know, I'm really glad that you brought this up because, for, first of all, let me just say that fats have gotten such a bad rap uh, right. in our society as far as nutrition is concerned, all the way to the point that eventually I want to do a whole show just talking about fats because we threw the baby out with the bathwater with this whole fats thing. And essential fatty acids, it, it tells you it's a fat. It's one of the good fats. They they call it omega uh, three fatty acids, and uh, most people are deficient in um, in omega three. And as you can see, it has so many benefits. It's important for us to get this in. But the important thing is that you have to have the proper ratio between omega three and omega six, right. and um, it should be a two to one ratio for every so for every two um, you know portions portions of uh, omega-6, you should be getting in one uh, part omega-3. And uh, studies show that in um, the uh, the standard American diet, it's actually uh, 26 to 1. So uh, uh-huh. we're not getting anywhere near the amount of omega-3 that we need to be getting. So if there's nothing else that you do, you want to start getting in more omega-3. You can get omega-3 from uh, plant sources such as chia seeds. You can get it from uh, flax seeds. You can also get it from walnuts and from animal sources. You can get it from fish, fish oils, krill. You can also get it from uh, raw dairy as well. So you want to make sure that uh, you're getting more omega-3s and less omega-6s. Right. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, before we dive into the interview with Aris, Dr. Aris, I'm going to read a little bit of his bio. But for the full bio, just go to lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash 53 and you can get access to Dr. Aris's full bio. The 2012 second edition of Oxford Encyclopedia of Food and Drink in America acclaims the raw food movement owes much to Dr. Aris Latam, a native of Panama. He is considered to be the father of gourmet ethical raw foods cuisine in America. Dr. Latam debuted his raw food creations in 1979 when he started Sunfired Foods, a live food company in Harlem, New York. In the years since, he has trained thousands of raw food chefs and added innumerable recipes to his repertoire. And as I mentioned, for the full bio, because it's pretty extensive, just go to lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash 53, and you can access the show notes and the full bio of Dr. Aris Latam. So without further ado, let's dive into the interview. Yes. Hi, Kim and Jamal here, and today we are joined by Dr. Aris Latam. Dr. Aris, how are you? Oh, I'm excellent. Quite well. Thank you. Greetings, elder brother. How are you? Very good. Very good, my brother. Good. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, you're welcome. A lot of people across the the world, they know who you are, and it's definitely uh, an honor for us to have you on the show, but... For our listeners, you know, I'm sure there are people that are just learning about you for for the first time. Can you just, uh, you know, take a brief moment to tell everyone uh, your your personal journey? Wow. Well, you know, it it all started 69 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's serious. <laughs> Yeah, uh, right, right close to where I am now. I, I was born in a place called Natun, uh, in the Panama Canal. Okay. And that's uh, as a result of my grandparents migrating from Jamaica and Barbados during the 
construction of the Panama Canal at the turn of the 20th century. So uh, from there, I migrated to the U.S. at the age of 17, you know, straight from the bush, uh, landed in the hood in Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy. And uh, I went on to uh, college in Bayside, New York, out there in Queens, and Staten Island, uh, College of Staten Island, part of the city university as well. And uh, graduated from there with a BA in education and Spanish. Hmm. Uh, became a Spanish teacher for about four years in New Jersey and New York, and then moved on to California, where I went to graduate school at Cal State Fullerton, received a master's degree in linguistics and uh, bilingual education. So I worked as a curriculum specialist for the San Francisco Unified School District and San Bernardino Unified School District in California. Retired at the age of 29 and moved to Tanzania up in the Kilimanjaro with the Maasai. Nice. Yes. uh, Returned to the U.S. Uh, A couple of years later, I landed in Harlem, New York in 1979 and started Sunfired Foods. Sunfired Foods, uh, basically I've been acclaimed by the Oxford Encyclopedia of Food and Drink as the father of ethical gourmet uh, raw food cuisine for having developed Sunfired Foods during that time, which was uh, basically the incubation period of the modern uh, live food movement. Yes. You know? And uh, so this was all in Harlem in, uh, let's say, late 70s, early 80s. I had a place called uh, the House of Life, Per Ankh. Uh, institute where we taught food, foodology, mm-hmm. you know, the basics of living foods, and we had a, a herb shop and uh, restaurant at the corner of Lenox and 125th Street, across from UCLA, which was known as uh, the University of, at the corner of Lenox Avenue, better known as the Tree of Life. Yes, <laughs> yes. So uh, that was one of my my early basis of uh, knowledge. So it's uh, in 1970, I stopped consuming all animal products. So it's now been 46 years of being a complete, uh, pure vegetarian. And I still hold on to the word vegetarian. I've not subscribed to the, the vegan word. <laughs> but anyway, that has more to do with animal rights movement, you know, that word vegan. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, per- personally, when I got into this uh, in 1970, we got into it as part of the revolution, not trying to save no animals, mm-hmm. you know. And if we were trying to save an animal, it was really, we were more concerned about the animal we live in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. The human body, you know, which is, is one of the most endangered species on the planet today. Mm-hmm. 
So it was about self-defense. It was about revolution. It was about black power. It was about anti-war movement. Uh, it was about the hippie movement, back to the land, you know, uh, let's, uh, let's take control of our lives, you know, because uh, as we saw back then, the food that were being served up to us were weapons. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a sister, uh, Lena Mobley, who wrote a, an appropriate book back in those days called Food as a Weapon, you know. Yes. So, so it wasn't about all... The, the 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 frills and trills that it's about today. It was about you know power. It was about def- self defense. Yes, you know, <laughs> taking care of our lives and not killing ourselves, not being willing willing victims. You know of 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 uh, of the atrocities that are being committed in the name of of dining. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so and especially you know once we start procreating. And seeing the fact that you know it is too easy to to start killing our our, our children mm-hmm. from birth, yeah. You know, just the fact of not breastfeeding them is 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 the beginning of the killing process right there, mm-hmm. and all the other layers of things. But anyway, you know, uh, as you see, one question just takes me on a, a serious journey. So. <laughs> no, that I think that's great because. A lot of the things that uh, I was curious about and, and wanted to ask, I mean, you just, you know, said it all. Yeah, so moving forward with the journey in 1976, mm-hmm. I stopped consuming cooked foods. Okay. Uh, as, as most people know, cooked foods. Right. You know, uh, you know because, uh, so that was uh, six years later. And it's basically just based on the information as I received it. Okay. You know, uh so it's been 40 years now that I've not consumed any cooked food, uh, but as people know cooked food, but right. in, my, in my science, uh, which we call sun-fired foods, sun-fired cuisine, in the science of sun-fired uh, foods, we look at what we call the, the electromagnetic energies of plant foods. And in observing this energy, seeing that it all evolves around the sun, obviously everything about life is about the sun. So without the sun, there's no life. Mm-hmm. So, so we don't call our cuisine even raw food. Gotcha. <laughs> because that's, again, is another obscene word when it comes to, you know, the food that we consume. You know, so what we call it is ra food, R-A, sun food, according to the ancient comedic, you know, wisdom. The food is actually cooked by the sun, you right. know, right. so, so that the, the growing period is the cooking process. Mm-hmm. So from the time uh, a, a cherry tree blossoms in Washington, D.C., the pot is on, <laughs> you know, till you have a big, white, juicy, black, sweet cherry. Mm-hmm. That's when it's done. Right. Well, cooked to perfection. So there goes your tomatoes, your apples, your plantains, your bananas, papayas, all of our foods. They go through this very exacting, meticulous cooking process by the sun. Yes. And as a matter of fact, the sun is the chef, the divine chef, (laughs) the only chef. I am not a chef. (laughs) I cannot come anywhere close (laughs) To the work of the sun. Mm-hmm. So the sun cooks the food for everybody on the planet. <laughs> yes. So, you know, once we start tuning into that vibration, 
then we start to understand now a little closer our relationship with the rest of the universe and how we're connected through our food, through the plants. So, because if you're not eating from the plants, foods that are directly cooked by the sun, then you're really disconnected from the rest of the universe. So we see all of the stupidities that we do in disrespect of the earth, of nature, of life, of creation, because we're no longer a part of it. We're not eating from the, the earth. Mm -hmm. And if we are eating from the earth, most of us are eating uh, so-called cooked food. Mm -hmm. It's it's food that actually been uh, killed. It's dead food. Mm -hmm. Uh, So so that word cooking is really a, a killing process. Now using modern technology and bringing food innovation up to date, you mm-hmm. know, because the whole cooking process, dealing with the stove, the oven, the microwave, and all of these things, those are outmoded technology, you know. Life has moved on beyond that. So there's so much we can do just by uh, using food processors, blenders, dehydrators, juicers, and a host of other implements that, you know, the brilliance of humanity have created to allow us to now reconnect, you know, to our source through taking uh, plant foods and putting it on the world stage on a level where it can stand up to mm-hmm. any recognized world zine. Mm-hmm. You know, so sun-fired foods, as I say, haven't been acclaimed, you know, as, uh, as an ethical gourmet raw food cuisine, uh, competes mm-hmm. globally with all of these established cuisines that's been around for hundreds or even thousands of years. And again, all we have done is really just brought it up to date, maintain a lot of our traditional values when it comes to what the purpose of eating food and also putting the science to it so that, you know, the practicality and, 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 and the uh, wisdom are hand in hand. So brings us up to date to a point now where, you know, we realize that, hey, we don't have to be sick. Mm-hmm. We don't right. have to kill ourselves. We don't have to suffer. So living now for 69 years, disease-free, not wearing any glasses, any crutches on my eyes, <laughs> you know, and, and having, you know, any of the modern, you know, diseases mm-hmm. <laughs> that have been, you know, accepted to be part of the course, you know, I, I have put myself in a position to challenge, you know, today's medical wisdom. Yes. As why is it, you know, based on the teachings of our elders like Imhotep, who discovered that the blood circulated in the human body before anybody else. Mm-hmm. All of those other ancient medical wisdom that came out of our motherland, you know, why is it that we today, people like myself, are not sick. One, one of the, because uh, you, you're talking about, you know, with the whole raw food mo- movement, a lot of uh, different things that are kind of coming out of that. One of the, uh, the things that came out of it is that the whole concept of a uh, fruitarian, like what are your thoughts about, you know, someone that just eats all fruits? Does that have its its pros and cons to it? Like what's your thoughts on, on the, the fruitarian diet? Well, the fruitarian diet is, is quite great. Uh, if you compare human beings to all the animals in the kingdom, we uh, physiologically, body chemistry and all, we are more closely related 
to the frugivorous animals, the frugivores, mm-hmm. the monkeys, the gorillas, the higher apes, you know, the orangutan, you know, that only eat fruits and build these big, strong, wicked bodies, you know, that are, that are full of force. So, but the thing is now we have to define what we're talking about when we use the word fruits. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's two different classification of fruits. There's the botanical fruits, which are basically all foods that contain seeds, that come with seeds. Right. So everything that comes with a seed or seeds botanically is classified as a fruit. Mm-hmm. But nutritionally, only those seed-yielding foods that contain sugar mm-hmm. <laughs> are classified as fruits, nutritionally. Right. So when you hear fruits nutritionally, you think sugar. Right. When you hear fruits botanically, you think seeds. Right. right. Yeah. So observing the sun-fired electromagnetic energies of living foods, we classify just this group of foods, the fruits, the botanical fruits, they are broken down into subcategories. And of course, the ones that contain sugar, they're all classified under fruits, nutritionally. And also, uh, they also have, are classified based on their moisture content. So the higher the moisture in the fruit, the more uh, what we call it contains the more electrical energy or electrolytes, like the coconut water, mm-hmm. has more electrolytes than any other food in its natural state. This is that uh, energy generating energy generator system, like how you generate electricity for your home. This is how the body generates electricity for its use with highly charged electrolytic foods. So, the ones that do not, the fruits, botanical fruits that contain fat, these are not classified under fruits nutritionally because they contain no sugar. Mm-hmm. So, those are classified as protein. You have avocados, olives, coconut, you have ackee in Jamaica. These are fatty fruits. So, that's you know, as a fruitarian, if you're observing, you know, fruits as food with seeds, which I, I think it's written somewhere in some scriptures that said, Behold, I've given unto you the seed-yielding foods, mm-hmm. and unto you they shall be your food. So, you see, if you observe that concept, you'll have a whole different perspective about food, period. <laughs> food, period. Because... Because every food, every fruit that has seed in it is a perpetual factory. So just looking at the avocado, for example, every avocado have a pit in it, have a seed, which Mm -hmm. is basically another avocado tree. Mm -hmm. So a typical avocado tree can can live, have a lifespan for about 60, 70 years. And a typical avocado tree would produce a good 300 to 400 avocados on a yearly basis Mm. without the the need for any laboring, for any toiling, any tilling the soil or anything like that. No work involved. One tree would yield 
a lot of fat, a lot of protein every year. And every single fruit, avocado fruit, brings another potential tree in it. So if you observe this, you would understand that this planet really should be overrun by food. <laughs> mm, yeah. If you plant every single avocado's pit that you get from every avocado, we should be overrun by food. <laughs> mm -hmm. But now you got people in, in the raw food circle, the people in the raw food circle taking the avocado seed and grinding it up and making a, something to eat out of it. So you're, you're terminating that species. You know, you're not allowing it to reproduce. You're not allowing the factory to be perpetuated. So there's your tomato, your watermelon, your grapes, your, your, your cucumbers, your peppers, all of these. These are huge food factories. <laughs> right. But of course, the people who have taken control of our food basket know this, and they have taken it to the point where, first of all, they have removed us from the land, or, or we have allowed ourselves to be removed from our land, so we're not growing our food anymore. We're not, we don't have our factories in production, so we're more dependent on these forces for our food. And they're tightening the news so tight that they got, you know, the GMOs and the Terminator seeds that you cannot even replant anything that you buy from them eventually. So it's a vicious system that has been developed. But anyway, beyond the, uh, the fatty fruits, then you have fruits that contain starch. You know, these are like your squashes, your winter squash, pumpkin, butternut, acorn. These are all fruits, but they do not contain sugar. So mm -hmm. they're classified as a complex carbohydrate, which still needs to be turned into sugar. Then you have a group of fruits that do not contain sugar, no fat, and no starch. These are what we call the vegetable fruits, like tomatoes, cucumbers, eggplant, okra. So looking at a fruitarian world, from the botanical perspective, you would get a complete balanced diet if looking at a fruitarian world from the point of view of seed foods, not just fruits as sugar then you're creating an imbalance in the body. You are listening to our interview with Dr. Aris Latam, creator of Sunfire Foods and pioneer of the raw foods movement. And before we dive back into the interview, let's take a minute to hear from our sponsors. Let's face it, we are living in a world set up for us not to be healthy. And with the overabundance of health information available, it's so easy to get overwhelmed and confused on which path to take, which leads to inaction and not making health a top priority. Well, that can all change. We are Life Strength and Health, the number one center in New Jersey for helping you to detoxify and address your digestive system challenges. We provide support, accountability, guidance, education. We will be with you every step of the way to help simplify this process and help you to reach your health goals. So if you're ready to take action, if you're ready to make your health a top priority, then visit us at lifestrengthandhealth.com or give us a call at 1-800-503-7127 and book your consultation today. Don't live in the New Jersey area. Don't sweat it. We can work with you virtually. So visit us at lifestrengthandhealth.com or give us a call at 1-800-503-7127 and book your consultation or virtual consultation today. 
You are listening to our interview with Dr. Aris Latam, pioneer of the raw foods movement and creator of Sunfire Foods. So let's dive back into the interview. So, so do you think that's the reason why a lot of these uh, so-called raw foodists get themselves in trouble because they don't have that balance? Like they'll just eat a diet of just bananas or just a diet of, you know, bananas and oranges and, and that's it. And they're not including those other food groups. Do you think that's why um, they're getting themselves into trouble and eating a lot of the, you know, uh, packaged so-called raw foods and dehydrated foods and things like that? Oh, absolutely. Most definitely. I mean, you know, throughout through my journey, I saw where I ended up in some of those pitfalls myself. Mm-hmm. I remember in, in the 90s when I lived in Florida and I was reading uh, books by uh, Hilton Hotema, who was the guy has written over 100 books. And I think he's lived on raw food longer than anybody else uh, in modern history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he lived in Sebring, Florida, in the heart of Orange Grove, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, and the guy, for a great part of his life, many years, the guy only ate arts. So reading people like him and getting inspired in this fruitarian lifestyle, you know, and myself, and even, uh, I remember uh, reading about Hilton Otema, I think he passed away in 1962, somewhere around there, but uh, he had a brother working on his farm called Charlie Smith, who actually lived in the Orange Grove and picked all his oranges and things like that. And Charlie Smith actually outlived Otema, <laughs> you know, in terms of the number of years of, even though Charlie Smith, you know, drank a lot of liquor and ate meat and all of these things, but he was active. <laughs> he was mm-hmm. out there in the bush, in the tree, doing orange yoga every day, climbing those trees and things of that nature. So there's also other balances that we need to consider, not just the food. Mm-hmm. Right. right, You know, other essential keys to life, you know. During a period of time in my early days, uh, all excited and motivated about fruitarianism, you know, I, I was consuming uh, a lot of fruits, especially being in Florida, uh, citrus country, consuming a lot of citrus. But then came to realize years later that most of the Florida citruses are, uh, are actually dyed. They're picked green, mm. and they color them. Wow. So, you know, green uh, citric fruits have a lot of acids, and they wear the enamel out on your teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is what I experienced, and I ended up with, with cavities, uh, dental carriers from having consumed too much uh, unripened, Fruits. So it's very important to know your source, where your fruit's coming from, but also more important than anything else is to strike that balance. Yes. You know, uh, uh, a, a mono diet is fine for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, but to do that persistently, consistently over a long period of time, uh, six months, a year, and on then we're going to create some imbalance within our system. So what I share with the sun-fired, what we call the sun-fired feasting, fasting, and healing system is how to really just just live a balanced life. You know, it's just a general guideline. And then individuals need to further refine what works best for them based on their lifestyle, their activities, and so forth and so on. So the balance in looking at the sun-fired system 
is that you look at the four groups of food, of foods, plant foods, those that contain sugar, your fruits, uh, those that contain fat, your protein, those that contain starch, your complex carbohydrates, as opposed to the fruit sugars, which are simple carbohydrates. And then you have your neutral food, the ones that the one that does not contain any sugar, fat, or starch. So your fruits, your protein, your starches, and the fourth group is what we simply call the vegetables. Mm -hmm. So the vegetables are all your green leaves, all of your non-starchy, non-sugar. You have to strike that balance, you know, with those four groups of food. So besides the, in your vegetable, besides the green leaves, your vegetable fruits, uh, you also have your, your uh, non-starchy vegetables like uh, cauliflower and, uh, you know, celery, those types of things. And also you have your sprouts. The sprouts, basically the, the, the most difficult of all of these four groups that we need to be careful with are the starches, the complex carbohydrates. This group contains your root vegetables, your grains, root vegetables, and uh, grains, and your, your highly starchy vegetables, or light starchy vegetables, like your, your pumpkin and uh, butternuts, your winter squashes, and those types of things. Mm -hmm. Your protein group is primarily all of your seeds, your nuts, and again, you know, the vegetable uh, protein, the, the fruit proteins, ones that contain fat, the avocados, olives, coconut, and the ackee. And also in that protein group, your fatty group, there's some beans, some legumes that are high in protein, like the soybean, the, the peanut, which is a pea, not a nut, mm -hmm. and the uh, lentil. We do not recommend the consumption of soybeans whatsoever in any form at all. Soybeans have an enzyme inhibitor uh, known as, uh, 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 that blocks the body, mm -hmm. the human body from producing trypsin. Trypsin is a digestive enzyme that the body produces in order to digest certain types of protein like the soybean, but soybean in itself prevents the human body from producing trypsin. So in the Orient, where they've been using soybeans for thousands of years and they've observed this, they always ferment the soybean or culture it. So you have soy sauce and miso and tempeh and soybean sprouts. That removes the enzyme inhibitor and makes it more digestible. Yes. But still, on top of that, there's lots of other issues with soybean today. Uh, but that's the most crucial one. Uh, and, you know, yeah, it's high in protein, but at what cost? So I've seen the results over the years of some of my brothers and sisters who had subscribed to the macrobiotic diet coming mm -hmm. out of Japan, mm -hmm. loads of soybean and brown rice. I've seen, I've observed even, you know, some that I know personally that has ended up with cancer, mm -hmm. you know and even the major proponents of the microbiotic diet ended up with cancer. Michio Kushi and his wife, Aveline Kushi, ended up with cancer as well. So be careful with those types of heavily starchy diet 
you know, uh, look at that group, the complex carbohydrates, basically your, your rice and beans, mm-hmm. your grains, your legumes, and your root vegetables. Very, very dangerous group of food. They have to be converted into sugar, mm-hmm. into a simple carbohydrate. Because once you cook them, the body cannot effectively turn them into sugar unless you turn your body into a high, a high-tech refinery mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to produce sugar from starches. So you're basically a high-tech refinery, I'm talking like, you got to be a Usain Bolt. Yeah. You got to get out there and run. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or back in the days when you were in the cotton field picking from can't see to, from can't see to can't see, yeah. and you're out there sweating, you're burning it. Right. So those types of, you know, ground provisions, slave foods are not for people who are not in the field. <laughs> right. Whether it's the track field or the cotton field. Right. <laughs> you know, you got to be sweating it. You know, so if you're out there couching and eating some potatoes, you're talking about some big trouble. It's right. going to sit on you. You know, you're on the computer, you're doing cars, you're living too much of a sedentary lifestyle to be consuming this high complex carbohydrate diet because the body, to break starch, you have to have a high heat. And when starch gets cool, it gets stiff. So you, you, you start your body stiff. So all the arthritis, I can't raise my arm, I've got a stiffness over here, uh, uh, your knees start to grow, or they call them the Negroes because you eat them Negro yams, them yams that make your knee grow. So they get dry, you know, the potato, the Negro potatoes, and dry down in your knees. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So the weather gets cool and the rain is coming and the starch gets cool and the starch gets stiff and grandma said, mm, the rain is coming. I can feel that pain. Uh-huh. My knee is stiffening up. <laughs> so, so you got to put some heat on it. You mm-hmm. reach for some, you know, some heat, some, you know, so no, that's starch. You got to loosen it up. So you got the snowbirds leaving out of Canada in the winter, running down to Florida, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting out of Detroit, getting out of Dodge. Yes. Because the snow is coming. The icebox is turning up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So you get stiff. So be careful with those starches. Yeah. So, so this is the issue. And this is where the issue with fruits become a problem for a lot of people because the body cannot consume starch, complex carbohydrates, and fruit, simple carbohydrate, same time. Right. Because the sugar holds back. The sugar from the fruits, the, the brain gets a signal that, wow, there's sugar in the system from eating those big, juicy mangoes. And then now you go eat some french fries, and the, the brain is not getting the signal to secrete digestive enzyme, petiolin to break down the, 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 the starch from the potato because there's sugar in the system. So the potato goes undigested and it ferments. And fermented starch turns into alcohol, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we get all discombobulated. We get all drunk and we get all irritated. Mm-hmm. And of course, anytime you produce alcohol, there comes yeast. So show me a woman with a yeast infection. I show you a starchitarian. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we become yeast factories. You know, uh, fibroids, kidney stones, 
diabetes, arthritis, a whole host of disease. These are symptoms that are related to starch consumption. Mm-hmm. Dandruff, it's just dried potato flakes mm-hmm. coming out of your brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, glaucoma, <laughs> that white ring around your iris, starch, dried out starch. Yes. So be careful. Be careful. So this is why, yes, a lot of people, they, they throw it at you when you're eating too much. Oh, the, the sugar in the fruit is too much. You can't eat so much fruit. You can't eat so much sugar. Yeah, because you're eating all of that goddamn starch. Right. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. Right. Yeah. But the food cartel, they've, they've turned starch into a big business. Right. They've even made a whole meal, breakfast meal, on cereal, starch. Yeah, right. Because it's very economical. It's very profit-yielding. <laughs> right. And it's easy for them to control. You know, so you see most of your, your processed foods, they're all starches, whether it's grains, legumes, or roots. Mm-hmm. Right. You go up and down the aisle of the supermarket, the health food store, all of these joints, and you find nothing but starch. Mm-hmm. And most of it laced with grease. Right. You're in trouble. So you're better off going around the corner and buying you a bag of grapes. so yes our beloved brother Dr. Sebi you know may may our ancestors you know embrace him strongly and keep his work uh, moving for us here on this planet you know uh, preach very strongly against the carrot you know uh, but but I I, I would add to the carrot I would add everything (laughs) 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 so let's wake up Mm-hmm. You know, as God, we say, wake up, you mighty people. You can accomplish what you will. You just need the knowledge. You need the wisdom. You need the information. And you need to get out of the clutches of these big cartels, the water cartel, the, 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 the sugar cartel, the, the grain cartel, you know, the, the soy cartel, the cattle cartel. These are all big hustlers. Mm-hmm. Rip off agricultural monsters, you know. So anyway, as again, you know, I get emotional about this because you, you got to understand, I got into this as a revolutionary right. in the 60s. Yeah. This is revolution that we're talking about. This is no little patsy stuff about, you know, I'm a, a, a raw foodist and peace and love and all of this stuff. Peace and love unto thyself. Right, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> love thyself. Mm-hmm. Love thyself. Eating e- eating a, a bowl of cornflakes in the morning is not self love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please, yeah, it's comfort food. Yeah, a chocolate bar is comfort food, but comforting whose pocket? Right. At whose expense? You know. So let's wake up and let's move on. So, Dr. Aris, for our listeners, um, what's the best way for them to contact you? And do you have any upcoming events? Okay. <clears throat> you know, we don't have any group events coming up, uh, but you're welcome to come to the Sunfire Institute at any time. You can find us online at sunfire.com, and my email address is uh, drarislatam at gmail.com. Uh, you can call me through my U.S. number, 424-777-6877. Uh, and 
you know, we'll be happy to book you to come, you know, at a time that's mutually convenient to both of us. Now, uh, I do have an event coming up in West Africa. I'm going to Ghana and Nigeria. Uh, if anyone in, in, the, in that area is listening to me, uh, you can meet me at the Lagos Veg Fest. Uh, it's the week of the, uh, the, the 18th of November. I'll be in Lagos, Nigeria at the Lagos Veg Fest right in the park with the, with the, with the crew uh, doing it up. And then we'll be in Ghana the 25th to the 27th of November doing a series of workshops there. I am going to be heading to South America in December uh, for the World Veg Fest taking place in Argentina and Buenos Aires the 8th through the 12th of September. Uh, of December, uh, I'll be the keynote speaker at the World Veg Fest there. So if anyone down in that side of the world, you know, I look forward to meeting you when I'm there. Yeah, just to uh, just to wrap up a bit, um, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to uh, to come on the show. I mean, you you dropped a, a whole lot. You yes. gave <laughs> <laughs> you really gave our, our listeners a lot to uh, to think about. I got one last question for you um, because you know there's so many people out there that um, just kind of grew up on animal foods and I, I know that it's they're just so resistant on letting them go and in their minds they don't want to let them go um in your professional opinion if a person adopted a high level of uh sunflower f- sun um, fired foods they completely got rid um rid of the uh the processed foods and they and they kept a little bit of animal in their foods do you think that that could benefit them or they still would be um you know destroying their health this uh life here sunfired life is for everyone you know uh, don't feel that you know because you may be uh, you know hooked on flesh for a great deal of your life that you can't you know uh, partake of this lifestyle as well. Now, as the Germans demonstrated with the, the hamburger and the hot dog, it all you need is at least twenty percent living foods, fresh foods, to help digest. 80% of cooked foods. So it's never too late to make changes, to make adjustments, but the thing is to include more fresh food in your life. Yeah. So if, if you've been, you know, consuming uh, animal protein, you know, you've gone through the, the breakdown of eliminating the pork, eliminating the red meat, you know, eliminating the, the poultry, and you're just consuming uh, fish, you know, that's fine. You know, you have to go based on your individuality. Uh, the thing is to make as much changes and improvement and uh, as possible. And uh, the body automatically will start rejecting the most objectionable food in the diet as you start to get grounded in the lifestyle. So, but one thing we do emphasize like, for example, you want to keep your protein and your starches away from each other. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating, uh, you know, fish and chips, you know, have your fish for lunch with vegetables. Mm-hmm. Don't mix the chips with the fish. 
Yeah. The starch and the protein don't digest in the same medium. So have the chips for dinner with vegetables. So a simple thing is to have your protein, whether it's animal protein, uh, vegetarian plant-based protein, live food protein. Have your protein for lunch. Try not to make it more than 25% of the lunch meal and have 75% vegetables to go along with it. The, 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 the fruits are the cleansers. You have those in the morning, the electrical fruits. The starches and the protein are the magnetic food, the builders. So you have those in the afternoon, after the sun starts to go down. Mm-hmm. Have this, the protein for lunch, have the starch for dinner. Yes. And 75% of your lunch and dinner should be vegetable from that group. The green leafy vegetable, the vegetable fruits, the non-starchy vegetables. So you can have some steamed vegetables, the ones that are hard to digest raw for most people, like the broccoli, the cauliflower, and the cabbage. You can just steam them or do a nice little stir-fry. And then have a vegetable salad to go along with that. Mm-hmm. Have that, you know, at least 20%. Raw food, raw food, fresh food, living food that is not cooked. Mm-hmm. And this is a great formula. You do that for, for, for dinner with your starch. You know, whether it's a grain, rice, quinoa, uh, millet, you name it, or root, potatoes, or so forth, or beans. Beans are mostly starches and protein. They have both. Right. But they're primarily starches. Yeah. 70% starches. 80% of all the beans are 70% starch and 30% protein. So they're better off for dinner with vegetables. Yes, you can combine those with the rice. Rice and beans is a perfect combination because you got starch right. mm-hmm. in both of those. Mm-hmm. You know, with your vegetables, your steamed vegetables and your salad. If you're really cooked, you're eating a combination you know, of things. It's all about balance. Right. It's all about harmony. Mm-hmm. And it's all about making progress, moving forward, eliminating the, 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 the objectionable stuff as best as you can and gradually allowing the body to take control. Right. So I say, you know, get on board, welcome home, welcome to self. You know, it's never too late. You know, 80, 90, or 100 years. I have a great student that's 83 years old right now, and the ladies I have even older ones, and, uh, you know, it's amazing to see what life has in store for us if we live in harmony with the rest of the universe. So great love to you, family, yes. and looking forward to sharing with you more and more. Yes, thanks yes, so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, blessings. We appreciate you. Okay. Good. So that is the conclusion of our interview with Dr. Aris Latam. Hopefully you enjoyed the interview, but most importantly, you receive value from it. And for access to the show notes pages, which will list uh, information that we discussed in the show and also Dr. Aris's contact information, just go to lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash 53 and you'll get direct access to the show notes pages. Okay, so until next time, live healthier. We want to say thank you for listening to the show and for access to the show notes pages, more podcast episodes, blog content, as well as more information about our center, Life Strength and Health, then just visit us at lifestrengthandhealth.com. Until next time, live healthier.